hello and welcome to another episode of TOTS. I'm your host, Ben Gardner. Today, I want to talk about coronavirus and its effect on students around the world. Before I get started with the first interview, there's a couple of things that I want to go over. First being that the order that you're going to hear these interviews in is chronological, beginning on March 6th. What that means is that some of the facts uh, that we are going to speak about at the time have since been updated, a lot of the numbers have been updated, and you're really going to hear a progression of the situation getting worse throughout these interviews, uh, and kind of the opinions as well, and the reactions to the virus getting progressively worse and a little bit more serious. So I just wanted to point that out. If you hear some incorrect numbers in some of the earlier interviews, obviously those have since been updated because we did start on March 6th. The other thing that I do want to mention is that this is the longest TOTS episode that I've ever made. I understand I'm going to get a lot of groans for that. The reason why this is so long, if you are new to the podcast, is because I wanted to make sure that these students really got a chance to tell their stories, the full unedited versions of their stories, and the entire truth. Doing that gives them a voice and also is going to help everyone listening understand what the real effects of coronavirus are on students around the world. So this first interview that we are going to hear is with my friend Anthony. Uh, Again, this interview is taking place on March 6th, and Anthony is about three days into his self-quarantine. Hey, Anthony, welcome to TOTS. Hey, Ben. Happy to be on the podcast. So tell me a little bit about yourself. Yeah, so... um... I attend a university in the uh, state of Maryland. Um, I'm currently a junior. Um, I'm a history major, and after my uh, under- undergraduate is all done, I'm looking to go into law school and uh, pursue a-, a career there. That's awesome. So up until recently, you were actually abroad. Uh, tell me more about your experience being abroad and what ended up happening. Yeah, of course. Um, I guess I'll go back uh, a little before. 54. Um, so I decided to go to Rome, um, basically my freshman year of college. Um, and this kind of stemmed from my older brother when he was in college, uh, studying abroad and going to Rome. And he had just so many great experiences with it. So I knew that's something I wanted to do. So, uh, the application process started up my fall semester of junior year. And then, uh, once that was all done, I was just waiting to I get shipped off to, uh, to Italy. I left, I think it was the 24th of January. Um, and basically the program was um, through a university in, in Rome where we would be with uh, a number of other colleges. Uh, there's actually a lot of people from my college as well. So I knew a few people going over there. Um, but basically kind of just the whole process of it was I knew it was going to be kind of a new experience for me, um, something that really would take me out of my comfort zone, which is something that I was really looking forward to. Um, me personally, I've never been out of the United States up until then. Okay. So it was definitely, it was definitely a new experience. Um, very glad I did it. I met a lot of uh, new people. I was able to also travel as well when I was over there. So one trip I took was to uh, London for one weekend. And I actually met up with some of my fraternity brothers. Nice. Uh, we had a great time there. Uh, we had a trip planned for Dublin. I had another uh, number of other trips planned as well. 
um, for when I was over there. But overall, just kind of a, a really good experience. I learned a lot about myself when I was over there. I highly encourage other people as well to uh, definitely go abroad. Um, something that you will uh, definitely will not uh, regret. Awesome. So you ended up coming home. Uh, so obviously it was uh, coronavirus related. What was it like in Italy and how did you feel getting the news um, the coronavirus had entered the country? Yeah, so um, I actually, kind of the way it played out was two, two weekends ago uh, when I was in London, I was talking to my friend and I was, we were kind of saying like, we hadn't really heard about the coronavirus, so we were kind of just like talking about that. And then I think it was literally like 20 minutes later, I got a text saying like there's kind of a corona outbreak happening in northern Italy. Um, and at that point, it was more of uh, I think the cities of Milan and Venice. So that's a little bit uh, north of Rome. So I was like, oh, hopefully, like it, at that time, it was like only a few people. So I didn't really think too much about it. Right. And the turnaround on it was insane. It was by uh, that happened on a Saturday. And by Friday, I was getting this email from my university back home that I had to get uh, sent home and come back to the States. And for kind of that week leading up to it, uh, there's definitely, I would say that uh, if I like looked at like a TV that was playing in like a restaurant, like they had the news on, there was always something that said Corona on it, but being in Italy and not being able to speak the language, um, I guess just kind of getting like the news aspect of it, I was a little bit sheltered from, but right. it didn't seem like in Rome people were too concerned with it up to the point where American colleges started uh, thinking about taking their students out. And the reason that we actually got taken out was because originally uh, Italy was at a level two issued by the CDC. Um, and then it went up to a level three. And what level three is, is that they highly suggest people not to travel to Italy. So at that point, um, it's not like they don't have closed borders yet, but at that point, it started getting serious. So that's when all the American universities started pulling their students out. So um, it definitely was kind of just all happened at once. I feel like it was very a very rushed turn of events. Um, I definitely was kind of in shock. I still feel like I am in shock. Um, it really hasn't settled in that I'm that I'm back in the states. Yeah, I'm sure because uh, you just got back uh, recently, didn't you? Yeah, it was uh, two days ago, uh, two or two either two or three days ago. Um, I landed back in Baltimore, um, but yeah, it was definitely uh, opportunity. I feel like was cut short, but um, I mean at the same time, definitely had to leave um, with things getting so serious over there. Right. So at that time, I don't think there were that many people infected. Um, as of now, the 6th, uh, I believe there's over 2,000 people infected. So definitely uh, a very steep incline and, and pretty rapidly as well. Right. Uh, I think, uh, yeah, like you said, uh, when we left, uh, there wasn't too many people that was infected. And I think that the biggest issue that American universities had with students being over there, um, of course, it, uh, the coronavirus is a serious matter and they didn't want their students getting infected, but also 
with the possibility of it getting worse and Italy closing their borders, they didn't want us to get stuck over there in a sure. foreign country that we, we were at the point where we can't leave to come back home. Right. Which was also a, a concern that you had to take into account as well. Absolutely. How did you think your university in particular handled that situation? Um, I actually think out of all the uh, universities that I knew uh, people from at my school in Rome, I thought my university actually handled it very well. So the way that kind of like the university I was at in Rome works is that there's many different programs that uh, from America that uh, run through the school. So you might have, for my university, we have so many kids from it that are going to Rome that our school is its own program. Okay. But the way that other programs run, that there might be like 10 or 20 schools within that one program. And then another one might have like five schools and another one might have like, like, like again, 10 or 15. Sure. So every program kind of was dealing with it differently. Um, and even in some programs, like the program itself would tell the kids that they have to go home, but the universities within the program wouldn't have even contacted their students yet. Really? Um, which is kind of crazy to hear. But my university was very on top of it. They were very transparent with everything. Um, basically what they said was it started out at the beginning of that week, uh, after we found out about the corona outbreak, it was saying that they basically told us from that was the CDC raises the level to a level three, they're going to pull us out. So we knew if it got raised to a level three, we were going to pull it out. Sure. So that was already made known. They already also made us made known that uh, we were going to get our credits um, and that they're working towards doing an online process for that, uh, which is still kind of being worked out right now. And then also just about refunding our money for plane tickets back. They were very clear on. So they wow. handled it very well. Yeah, it well. sounds and like also, it. Uh, and they also gave us uh, guidelines of what we should do when we get back. Um, so they really have been instrumental in helping us through this uh, kind of this crazy rush process. That sounds great. So what are some of those guidelines? Like, are you still in quarantine now? What did they set up for you once you got home? So um, what they told us to do was basically what the CDC is instructing people that are coming from Italy, and that is to self-quarantine for up to two weeks. And the reason it's the two-week time frame for people that don't know is that uh, with corona, um, the coronavirus, you could have the coronavirus for up to 14 days before your symptoms show up. So you could not even know that you had the coronavirus for two weeks um, until you get that first fever. Um, so what I've been kind of doing is right now my parents set up uh, in my basement kind of just like a living arrangement for me. So, okay. uh, I mean, it, it kind of sucks a little bit, but I've just been uh, <laughs> living in my basement for the past uh, three days and with not really any contact with my family. Oh, geez. So you are in complete isolation in your basement. So to get food, do people just like, do they leave it at the top of the stairs and then you run up and they like close the door and then lock it and like throw away the key? How does, how does that all work? Uh, yeah. So uh, that's actually like basically it. Either uh, 
Um, I'll get dropped off in the suit at the top of the stairs, or I have a sliding door in my basement. Oh, perfect! Uh, with the patio, they leave on the patio. Nice but little cell door. It's funny because I'll call it. I'll call it like, yeah, it's like I'll call it getting food to the prison slot, basically. <laughs> <laughs> but uh, my my parents did set me up pretty good down here, though. Um, so it could be a lot worse. Uh, I kind of just been on the phone with a lot of my friends. Sure. Um, Trying to keep my sanity a little bit, but there you go. I'm sure lots uh, of video games and Netflix. Oh yes, a lot. But I think I've watched about four movies. Oh good, so far. <laughs> uh, but uh, like I said, definitely could be a lot worse. Yeah, absolutely. Well, it sounds like you're taking all the proper precautions, and uh, your university did a good job getting you home and making sure that you were informed. And uh, you know, I'm just glad that you're home safe and. Uh, we will continue to monitor what's going to happen with all this. Yeah. Um, it's kind of, I mean, I just heard the news yesterday about uh, three cases in the state of Maryland. So um, it's kind of crazy how this is all played out and spread. But uh, I think kind of just need to try to keep a positive outlook on everything. Absolutely. Awesome. Well, Anthony, thank you so much for being on the show. And I uh, hope you feel better for these two weeks and uh or feel good i should say and i hope that those uh-huh. two weeks go by really fast yeah man thanks a lot for uh, having me on absolutely so i think that interview with anthony was a fantastic way to set up the episode uh and to kind of give you an idea of where we were at the time on march 6th everything seemed like it was definitely going to spread more than it had But I think people were still pretty hopeful, um, and we still kind of thought that maybe universities are pulling people out a little bit early, Uh, and then later we find out that that was definitely the right call to make. My next interview is with Kim. Now, Kim is using social media and a little bit of humor to try and improve her situation as she figures out what to do in quarantine. Hey, Kim. Thanks so much for joining me on TOTS. Yeah, of course. Thanks for having me. So tell me a little bit about yourself. Uh, So I'm a junior and I'm currently double majoring in architecture and engineering, civil. Um, And this semester I was planning to study abroad in Rome, Italy. Okay, so tell me a little bit about how your plans to study abroad were affected by coronavirus. So obviously because coronavirus kind of blew up the way it did, Um, Our university decided to bring us all home for our safety, and we'll be finishing the rest of the semester online. So when did you get to Rome, and how long were you there? So we got to Rome the beginning of the second week of January. So I think it was like the 10th or 11th or so that we uh, got all moved in. And then we were there until just about a week and a half ago. So we were there for a good two months. So... How are you using social media to tell your story? Yeah, so basically when we decided or when we were told that we were going to be coming back, obviously we were all very upset and I just thought that it would be a good way to kind of make not make light of the situation, but you know, give me something to do while I'm here in my room for 14 days and then also kind of show other people like what I was up to and uh what a quarantine is kind of because at least I had never been in a quarantine before. I know Um, a lot of people that I knew from back home were like, Oh, what are you going to do the whole time? And just asking questions. So I was like, 
might as well put it out there. Why not? Yeah, absolutely. So how are you using social media to tell your personal coronavirus story? Um, so for the most part, I've been keeping it pretty upbeat and just saying a lot of the good things that have been happening during the quarantine. For example, I posted a few of like my favorite meals that I've been having and also kind of describing my living circumstances um, and just letting people in on my uh, four walls. Yeah, absolutely. Now, what are some of the things that you're featuring on your Instagram? I believe it's Quarantined Kim, right? Yes, Quarantine Kim. Um, I've basically been featuring just myself as well as um, like my room. And then I also in my bio put up my YouTube channel, which I just started, also named Quarantine Kim. That's awesome. Now, what are you featuring on your YouTube? Is it like your day-to-day kind of experience being quarantined? Yeah, so I actually only have my first video up so far. Uh, Trying to learn the editing software has been taking me a little bit longer than I thought, but it's basically, in a way, a daily vlog or so, just kind of capturing events, things that I'm doing. Yeah, absolutely. Now, how long have you been in quarantine? So today uh, is Monday. I'm currently on day 11. So I got home like late Thursday night over a week ago and started right away. (laughs) So you're probably fine. I think the reason why it's a 14-day quarantine is because uh, they've probably seen symptoms up until around 14 days. But do you have high hopes? Are you thinking that you're probably okay? Or are you a little worried? What's, uh, What's the deal over there? Right. So I'm thinking that I'm probably pretty good. I have been joking with my um, family like this is the healthiest I've ever been. Um, (laughs) But (laughs) I think it's just more precautionary just since there's so much that they don't know about the virus still and just evolving information every day. Um, It's just better to be safe than sorry, I would think. Sure. Now, when you were in Rome, What was it like there when you were getting news that coronavirus had entered the country? Were people freaking out? Did they not care? What was kind of the vibe? Um, I would say at first it wasn't too much of a big deal since Italy was one of the first countries to kind of get hit. It was kind of business as usual. Um, Like I said, I was in Rome, so I was more like central Italy and a lot of the like problems or outbreaks were in the north, which was at least a three-hour train ride away from us or so. So it wasn't a direct impact on us, our classes every day. People weren't freaking out about buying toilet paper or anything like that um, while we were over there. It was pretty normal, but obviously, um, as it got closer to when we were moving out, things did start to amp up, and there was a lot more caution. Sure. Now, do you know anyone who is still abroad right now and who has gotten stuck or is everybody that you know kind of back home? Yeah. So for the most part, a lot of the people that I know who were abroad have come home. Actually, today, I think my last friend is coming home. She was in Spain and this morning her flight got canceled just a couple hours before she was supposed to take off. So that was uh, that was a little crazy, but. Um, Other than that, I think everyone's pretty much made it home. That's great. 
Well, hey, thank you so much for sharing your story and uh, coming on TOTS. And fingers crossed, uh, have a good rest of your quarantine. Yeah, thank you. Thank you for having me. So I really liked that interview that I did with Kim because I think it built really nicely on Anthony's experience uh, and going into quarantine. So, you know, obviously Anthony's trying to figure out what to do other than watching Netflix. uh, And Kim really decided to take it upon herself to make the best of her situation use some social media, get the word out there, and really spread some positivity uh, and her own personal experience. So I really liked that. This next interview is with Daniel. He happens to be my roommate back in D.C. uh, And this interview is going to detail a little bit more about how it's affected him personally with his job and his different work opportunities. Hey, Daniel, thanks for coming on TOTS. Hi, Ben. How are you? Good. Glad to have you. Uh, So tell me a little bit about yourself. I am a junior in college. I'm an architecture student, and I am currently living in an apartment alone and dealing with coronavirus, having a great time. All right. So tell me a little bit about your situation now and what is coronavirus affecting in your daily life? Well, my school has been shut down. Well, not shut down. Um, Our classes are online. So I have to navigate that along with the teachers. So that's going to be lots of fun. And then I had a job working at a local restaurant. It was very convenient because it was close by and I got paid well. But with coronavirus shutting everything down, my job has become non-essential. So I guess I am currently unemployed. Yikes. So when did that happen? When did you find out about that? Well, I just found out about that today, the 16th. I found out on the 16th. So are you worried about finding a job at all or a new job, uh, considering that a lot of jobs that college students would normally go after are now kind of being thrown to the wayside? I am worried. Um, I know that me not having my um, current position is just a temporary thing. I'm not really worried about bouncing back after this whole mess is over, but I am worried about what I'm going to do now. So I have to figure out some way to make money while there's absolutely no one hiring right now. So... I guess the internet is my only option, and it's like the easiest and hardest place to make money at the same time, I guess. Uh, And what kind of work are you looking for on the internet right now? Um, Well, like I said, I'm an architecture student. I'm very good at um, graphic design, so I'm looking into that and seeing if people need any, like, posters or marketing stuff um, done right now. Um, I was looking for internships at different architecture firms before, but all of that's kind of slowed down. So just going to hit the brakes on that and focus on trying to make money right now. Yeah, absolutely. Now, you are in an apartment in Washington, D.C., 
How worried are you about the spread of coronavirus being in one of the largest international hubs in the United States? Well, I am concerned about it when I go out to get groceries or anything like that. You know, I wash my hands, take hand sanitizer with me, try not to touch things or people. But um, I would say I'm on the less concerned side, I guess. I've seen lots of people much more concerned than me. Um, I'm not too worried about getting it because I I guess just a clean person. Um, and I guess because when I compare it to going back home like most people do, I'm actually in a safer place because New York is completely shut down. That's where I'm from. And it would definitely be much easier to catch it there than here. Yeah. And so what has the reaction been in Washington, D.C. over the last couple of days uh, as you've been out and about buying groceries or doing other things? How do people seem like they're reacting? Um. I don't feel like it's a unique situation at all. There's not as many people out and about. You can see it when you're walking through the streets. It's like there's a fraction of the amount of people that are usually there. And then um, going, getting groceries and stuff, uh, you can see people panic buying. A lot of the shelves are empty. It's just... I feel like... Seeing how other people are reaction, how other people are reacting, is more scary than what's actually happening. Yeah, I would completely agree. Awesome. Well, thank you so much for coming on the podcast and sharing your story and your perspective. And uh, I wish you luck in your job search. Thank you. I really enjoyed Daniel's perspectives in this interview because he starts to talk about the panic buying. There's panic buying going on across the United States, and this being a progression of interviews. Moving from Anthony's interview, which was on the 6th, this interview with Daniel took place about a week later, and really seeing how the United States has shifted in its feelings towards coronavirus and how much they really need to prepare. This next interview is with my friend Rose. She's currently in Greece. Now, her perspective is very, very interesting. As you're about to find out, she actually spent time with a coronavirus patient and tells us all about how to avoid getting it ourselves. So, Rose, thank you so much for agreeing to come on the podcast and for your patience. Uh, We've been trying to figure out how to get you on here for a couple weeks now, just with all the technology, and uh, I really appreciate you coming on. Yeah, no problem. So tell me a little bit about yourself. Uh, So my name is Rose. I'm a music major with psychology and drama minors. And this past semester, I've been studying in a suburb of Athens, Greece. And basically, I'm stuck here until March 26th at the earliest. Wow. Okay, so tell me more about uh, your transition to going abroad how you made that decision, uh, your reactions to all the news as of late, and then how you've gotten into this current situation. Okay. Um, So I knew I wanted to study abroad when I went to college, like my first year. In high school, I traveled with choir, and I thought it was a really awesome experience to get to know other cultures. So with that, I was able to go to South Africa and Costa Rica. So I knew for a fact that I definitely wanted to see somewhere new. And I ended up choosing Greece because I wanted somewhere that had a language barrier as a challenge. 
Um, so I remember seeing a lot of it over like Twitter, just very limited information about how it was starting to spread in China. Um, the, when it really started to break out and I started to hear a lot about it was when it hit Italy. I was actually in Rome the weekend that it hit Milan. So when I came from Rome, I was to self isolate for 14 days. Um, after that I had one day of classes and a student at the school I'm attending got the coronavirus and all classes were canceled from there on out. They're all online now. Um, and then I found out the following day that my roommate had the coronavirus. So oh my goodness. Yes. So I got moved to an external apartment away from her. I'm with my other two roommates and we're locked in here for another two weeks. Wow. So you've really had it kind of hit home and hit personal for you. How is your roommate doing uh, right now? She's doing well. She has a very um, mild case as far as I know. Um, she said, like, obviously she doesn't feel great, but she's able to deal with it, which is definitely good. Sure. Now, when did you find out that your roommate actually had coronavirus? Was this something like she started to get sick and then you started to notice and she got tested or was it kind of out of the blue? So she had been sick for a few days and tried to get tested, but was turned down. And from what I understand, that's pretty much what's going on everywhere. She didn't have a fever or anything. So they kind of just sent her away and said, if you have a fever, come back. And then the first person who was actually diagnosed, who he did have a fever, so he qualified for testing and was in an area where the coronavirus risk was high. Once she said she had been in contact with him, which was true, she was a, she qualified for testing and found out then. But up until then, she just thought it was a cold and didn't really think much of it. Wow. So does she think that she did catch it from that guy that was in that high-risk area? Yes. Within three days she was of being with him, she was showing symptoms. So once she found out he had it, she was pretty sure that what she had been having was something that she caught from him. So I think that's fairly common. Uh, and again, the self-quarantine is supposed to last up to 14 days because uh, I believe that that is the latest that they've been seeing symptoms uh, of people that have it. But I believe the average is three to five days for those symptoms to show up. So really not a very long time uh, for you to you know, not be sure what you have. Yeah. So were you exposed to your roommate for a while or was it kind of brief contact? At what point was she sick and were you in contact with her? So she started to show symptoms last Sunday and I was in the room Sunday, Monday, Tuesday, we found out the other student had coronavirus and she told me that she was getting tested. And just to be safe with me, I do have an autoimmune disorder. So she was like, if you want to stay in another room, like, I just want to give you a heads up that this is what's happening. So I did sleep in a different room that night. And then we found out the following day that she was positive for coronavirus. So it sounds like you guys handled it pretty well. uh, And as soon as you started kind of having this worry that she might have coronavirus and then finding out you did the right thing and separated yourself. So that that was good. Yeah. And the school here has been very, very helpful with all of that. That's fantastic. Yeah, that's great. Are you at all concerned for yourself? I know you said you have an auto uh, immune disorder. Um, like how concerned are you currently in self-quarantine? 
Um, like I'm definitely a little bit concerned considering I was in contact with her, but she, the last time I saw her was about a week ago and they say after seven days, the risk of showing symptoms after that point significantly decreases. Um, having an autoimmune disorder, I'm kind of surprised I don't have it, but we were being very careful cleaning and everything in our apartment. Um, so I guess we'll just see in the next seven days what happens. But right now it's looking good. Sure. Well, that's great to hear. And uh, it sounds like you really took the right precautions and you're keeping safe and still in uh, self-quarantine. So that's fantastic. And it's good to hear that you are nice and healthy. Thanks. So you are currently, you're kind of stuck in Greece right now. What is the reaction from your family? Um. My parents, I'm surprised they're not more worried. Uh, they thought I was actually going to stay for the whole semester, regardless. Really? Yes, which I was very surprised by. Um, but what I'm hearing now is the school here is basically telling all American students they have to go home with the recent border restrictions, and they're not sure if they'll go further with those. So as of right now, American citizens can still get in and out of the country but obviously they might tighten that up, so we have to leave. Um, they're definitely concerned that they'll get tighter, the restrictions will get tighter while I'm in quarantine, but I mean, I guess we'll just cross that bridge when we get to it. There's nothing really that we can do about it now. Yeah, absolutely, I agree. Uh, it seems like that might solve itself, it might not. Um, so, you know, we'll continue uh, keeping our fingers crossed and hope everything goes well. Yeah, definitely. So what happens when you come back to the United States after your self-quarantine? So I've been told that I have to self-quarantine again for 14 days. Really? Okay. It would be my third stint in self-quarantine in the past two months. That's a lot of quarantine. Yes. <laughs> yes, it is. So you said you have online classes currently. What else are you doing to keep yourself uh, active and not too bored in your second of three quarantines? Yeah, um, I've been doing yoga lessons on YouTube. Um, I'm reading Nelson Mandela's autobiography, which is thankfully very long. Um, That's great. The other, I'm lucky here we do have a balcony and everything, so we're, I'm able to go outside and get fresh air, which is definitely not something I'd be as lucky to have back home, considering it's probably very cold, and I will likely be stuck in my basement for 14 days when I get home. So <laughs> I'm trying to take advantage of the fresh air while I can. I agree. Yeah, that's awesome. I love the yoga lessons. That's a great way to stay uh, active and keep everything going. Um, so another thing that we're seeing, uh, mainly in Italy, and I know you're in Greece, is people with balconies are talking to each other across the way. They're playing music. Is anything like that happening in Greece? Yeah, actually. So the two residence halls that had coronavirus cases in them, I've seen on Snapchat, they're all having parties and screaming to each other across the balconies there. Um, in the area I'm in, the apartment buildings are a little bit more spread out because I got moved away from my roommate to a different apartment. Um, but at nine o'clock yesterday, everyone in Greece went out on their balconies to cheer for all the medical professionals who have been working on the coronavirus. And we were able to hear it from our balcony, which was super cool. That's incredible. And uh, of course, really, really important 
to remember that usually the biggest victims in any sort of outbreak or epidemic like this are those health workers. So it's that's fantastic to hear that they're getting a bunch of appreciation. Yeah, definitely. Well, Rose, thank you so much for coming on the podcast. Is there any message that you want to give to people back home or in the States? Yeah. Uh, the biggest things that I've taken out of this is that you have to be washing your hands and any surface that you're touching as much as possible, because I think that's the only thing that kept me from getting the virus from my roommate. It's if I don't have it, which I don't think I do at this point, considering it's been almost seven days. Um, and that's such an easy precaution that everyone can take. And also self-isolation. I understand that people want to go out and do things and they're bored, but it's such an easy way to just limit how many people are going to get the disease if they do have it. Because if I wasn't forced, if I wasn't in self-isolation right now, and I do have coronavirus, I would be spreading it everywhere I went. Like, obviously, it's not fun to be locked up, but it's the safest thing for everybody. Absolutely. Well, thank you so much. And uh, we will keep our fingers crossed over here. And we can't wait for you to come back. Awesome. Thank you so much. Since this interview with Rose, she has actually been cleared, thank God, to come back to the United States and begin her next quarantine. We are presuming that she is going to test negative for coronavirus because she's been following all the procedures, she has no symptoms, and it has been a long period of time since she has been in contact with anybody who has it or who could possibly have it. Now, as you heard in that interview with Rose, her roommate actually had and has coronavirus. Well, we decided that we wanted to reach out and see if we can get in contact with her. The following is the unedited interview with Madeline, who has coronavirus currently and is dealing with the consequences of it. Hey, Madeline, thanks for joining us. Thank you for having me. Absolutely. So tell me a little bit about yourself. Um, I am a sophomore at Northern Arizona University. Uh, I'm majoring in psychology, and this semester uh, I was studying abroad in Greece, in Athens, Greece, and yeah. Awesome. And so the reason that we're having you on the show today is because you've actually been tested positive for coronavirus, is that correct? Yes, it is. So tell me a little bit about your experience abroad um, the testing process and kind of everything surrounding that? Um, so there were cases in Europe, but it really hadn't gotten to Greece whatsoever until uh, somewhat recently. And even then people weren't, people in my uh, study abroad community weren't taking it like super seriously. We kind of to me, it was more of a distant thing. It didn't really seem to be affecting a lot of people I knew yet. So um, it was still, you know, the butt of a lot of jokes. And um, then mid-February with Italy having so many cases, a lot of people who had recently gone to Italy and were studying abroad here were required to self-isolate which again kind of felt like somewhat of a joke just because all it really meant was they couldn't go to school, but they could really do 
um, you know, they could still be with their friends, still go places. So again, it wasn't like, uh, it wasn't like we were taking it super seriously still. And then, um, I recently found out that, uh, my friend tested positive right as I started to feel sick. And so I just got super, not nervous, but I figured that that was a high possibility since I knew the person and, you know, they just tested positive. So I got tested myself. Um, I started self-isolating right away as soon as I started to feel sick. And so I had emailed the person who let us know that our friend had tested positive And I asked if I could be t- tested myself since I had symptoms. And so they sent a doctor over and I was tested and I tested positive. Wow. So what was it like? receiving the news that your friend had tested positive? Um, so we at first just received an email that someone had tested positive at our school and that our school was going to be closed for two days. And so I was like, hmm, that's interesting. I didn't know it had made it to our community. And then I found out someone in the residence halls. And so I was like, that's really close to us. Uh, still a possibility that I could have it. But then I asked around and my friends um, said, oh, it's, it's this person who has it. I was like, oh, shoot, I just saw them. It's that's crazy. And um, so then I yeah, I was like, I should really, you know, figure my stuff out, get tested myself. And yeah. So what kind of contact did you have with this person that you think led to you uh, testing positive? Um, I'm actually not quite sure. The last I remember was giving them a hug on like like two Thursday nights ago um, at a bar that a lot of study abroad students go to. And I know other people um, hugged him that same night. So I'm not, I don't know if it was just that. Um, that was really the only contact I had with him. So I Sure, could've... it's probably hard to know. Yeah, could have just been an unlucky one in that sense. I also don't know for sure if he gave it to me. Um, That's just the easiest theory for me in my head. Sure. And so going through the process of, okay, it sounds like I've had contact with a person who has it and who's tested positive. Now I should probably be tested. What was going through your mind as you're thinking like, wow, I could actually have coronavirus? Um, I was already feeling very sick and gross. So I like figured that that's what it was. My main concern was the social consequences that came with it. Because when my friend tested positive, they uh, quarantined the whole residence building. So no one was allowed to leave, even if they hadn't had contact with him. And um, they moved his roommates out and they had to self-isolate in another location So I was mainly thinking like, oh my goodness, I know everyone's trying to get home now. Like if I do this, are they going to quarantine my whole building? Um, Are my, like I I told my roommates how I was feeling and and the possibility that they would have to be self-isolated if I did test positive. So um, I was really worried about the other people around me uh, when I thought that I might have it. Yeah, I'm sure. So how long have you been in isolation now? Um, about a week, seven or eight days. And how are you doing with that? Is it taking a toll 
I'm sure socially, but how are you doing mentally? Um, I think if I... I'm I'm in a pretty good place right now that this isn't too bad for me. I know that I'll be returning home to the States soon and I'll be around a lot of the things that um, make my mental health better. But also I think that um, just in the, in the time we're living in now, so many people are having to go through this. So I know I'm not alone in that sense. Um, I know people even in the building next to me are having to, um, not live their lives normally. So I'm not, I'm not too worried about it right now. I'm keeping pretty high spirits. Uh, yeah. That's great. And that's awesome to hear. What was the reception from your friends and family when you informed them that you had tested positive and did in fact have coronavirus? Um, well, all my friends initially thought I was kidding. I had to tell them a few times because again, everyone just kind of thinks of it as a joke. And I, I thought so too, in the sense that it was such a distant thing. I hadn't known anyone besides my one friend who had just tested positive for it to have it. So um, it was kind of funny to, you know, communicate that to quite a few people. And then my parents, I had um, kept them quite updated with, because we were already talking about other things anyway. I was like, you know, I'm just not feeling too well. I'm not feeling too well. Hey, someone in my school tested positive for coronavirus. I think I'm going to get tested because I haven't been feeling well. And so, um, you know, they like, keep us updated. And I, and when I found out, I wasn't surprised. I don't know if they were surprised. Um I know it's hard for them to not have their little girl at home and to think that she's struggling with this all the way over here. They even offered to fly out and like take care of me, which they can't because I'm literally, I'm supposed to be by myself, but right. yeah, they've been very sweet, very supportive. Hopefully they're not as worried as, um, as they're leading on. Sure. Yeah. I totally understand that. Now, how, worried or scared were you about the situation when it first started arising? Um, I guess like in January and February, I wasn't too worried whatsoever. Cause again, it seemed like such a distant thing. And, um, I don't know, I guess obviously I'd never experienced a pandemic like this before. So I didn't know if it, if it was going to reach everywhere, but, um, as we've seen it has. And, uh, I think now once like, once it got to the, it really just, it hit our community very hard and very fast in the sense that I didn't even have time to really think about how, um, it would be affecting me until all of a sudden everyone's on lockdown, everyone's on quarantine. Uh, they're canceling our study abroad program. So everyone has to go home. It was really just like, it really went from zero to a hundred. Yeah, I'm sure. And so you mentioned your friends at first thought it was a joke. What kind of, what did you tell your friends and, and, you know, go more into their reactions? Um, so my friend that I texted uh, personally, I told him that I wasn't feeling well and that I got tested for coronavirus and then I tested positive and most of them were like, oh no, I'm sorry. And they like, um, you know, felt bad. But even, even then I like would FaceTime a friend later. She's like, at first I thought you were kidding. And I was like, no, I wouldn't lie about that. But <laughs> I, I understand. I understand because my first instinct is humor too. So I, when I, 
I like do a little Facebook post about it so that like some of my family and like my teachers could see how I'm doing in Greece. And I, I just did like LMAO. I got coronavirus. So I could (laughs) really be a joke, but that is just, that is how I would deal with it. Even if I did get it. So I I understand I had to, I had to walk people through it a little bit. Um, and I realized I didn't have as much proof as I thought I would because like, the test that I have is all in Greek. So there's really not much to say for the fact that I have it, I guess. Wow. Okay. So it sounds like people at first had kind of a tough time believing you a little bit. Yeah, for sure. And so I like what you mentioned about humor um, because I think there's people have a lot of different opinions on humor right now um, as it relates to coronavirus. And I think that a lot of people right now are using humor to make themselves feel better about the situation. Um, and everyone has a different coping style. And I think that that's, in and of itself, I think that that's a good coping mechanism for right now. Um, but, you know, how would you say you used humor uh, to kind of continue that? And how much has humor helped you um, with the situation? I mean, are you like looking at a bunch of coronavirus memes or like what's going on? Um. Yes, I will definitely still scroll through Twitter uh, for all the coronavirus memes. It's very funny. Um, I I don't know. I, I've taken this opportunity to think about, like, wow, what are the odds that I would get it? Like, that's just funny enough to me. And my friends are like, oh, you should make a YouTube video. Like, I, something I never thought I would do. But they're like, it would just be funny because of the circumstances. And I don't know. I definitely think that, like, I don't know. I'm not a big believer in that everything happens for a reason. I think the world is just pretty random as it is. And so I just find it funny with, like, I don't know, the randomness of this situation and just how unprecedented it is. Like, I really didn't think I'd ever obviously live through something like this. I didn't think it would be affecting us all the way it is right now. But I I just think it's funny, if anything. Um, obviously, there's tons of hardships that are being experienced. Like my, I think it's funny for me to laugh at the fact that like this is how my study abroad experience is going because I know it's so much more serious for people who don't know where they're going to get their next meal from now so my heart goes out to those people and that allows me to like take a step back and realize that my my situation is not that serious I'm going to live through it I'm going to end up going home Um, I'm still going to be fine no matter what but like there's other people who are definitely more impacted by this than I am yeah I completely agree so do you have anything uh, that you would like to tell people Uh, about coronavirus or what it's like living through it or how to prevent it? Do you have a message for people specifically about this situation? Um, Maybe just that, again, everything feels so distant until it's you or until it's someone nearby, but it's definitely affecting people all over the world. And um, I mean, honestly, it was kind of lucky that I showed symptoms because if I didn't, I probably wouldn't have self-isolated. And um, I'm sure there's tons of other people that have it, maybe in my community or elsewhere, and that they're just not showing symptoms. So I think right now um, what we can do, obviously, is uh, everything the government has recommended for us by social distancing, self-isolating if we feel sick or even if we don't, 
just so that we can minimize the effects of this whole pandemic right now. Um, yeah, I feel like it's definitely, it's definitely a weird time, but I know that it'll, it'll all pass at some point. Awesome. Yeah. I think that's a great message. So what is the process for you now getting over coronavirus and then coming home? Um, that's a good question that I'm not even a hundred percent sure about. I was told by one person that I might have to test again and test negative for it. Um, and then another person just told me I have to just make sure I wait at least 14 days before I, you know, interact with other people again. Um, either way, I'm not too worried because I know I won't be able to like even leave the country without being negative for it. So that concerns me a little bit less, but flying home, I'm more worried because the airports just seem like a little bit of a mess and flights are getting canceled and there's surveys for people and where they've been and stuff like that. So I guess I'm more worried if I'm going to have to report that I've already had it and what, and how that process is going to go because I've also heard that getting it makes you immune to it from now on, but I, I'm not entirely sure. Sure. Well, hey, thank you so much for coming on TOTS, and uh, we will be hoping for your full recovery soon and get you back to the States. Thank you so much. I really appreciate it. What a fantastic perspective and really cool interview from my side to do with someone who's currently suffering from coronavirus. Now, before we end this episode, I just want to kind of wrap things up. When we first started on March 6th interviewing people, things didn't seem that bad. There were not that many cases. It was mainly confined to China, and Italy was still on the brink of an outbreak, not an epidemic yet. Since that point, we have seen thousands of deaths, tens of thousands more infections with this virus, and we've seen a lot of bad. But I want to be the one to say that there's also a lot of good going on right now. We heard in Anthony's interview that his family is making sure that he's well taken care of and getting him all the snacks that he wants. We heard in Kim's interview that she's using social media to inform people and to make sure others understand what's actually going on. We heard in Daniel's interview that he's going to use this as an opportunity to find new work and maybe a new perspective. In Rose's interview, we heard about people gathering on balconies and partying together, practicing social distancing while still having a good time. And in Madeline's interview, we heard about how she's hopeful for the future. She's not too concerned with what she has now, and she's taking all the right precautions to stop it in its tracks. That's the message that I want to give to you. Things right now seem really, really bad. And they could get worse. But the message is that if we follow the guidelines, if we're making sure that we're washing our hands, wiping down surfaces, and practicing social distancing, this can be beat. This can get better. It takes each and every single one of us making the right decisions to follow these guidelines to really flatten the curve, and to stop this virus in its tracks. We will get through it. The world will recover. But we need to make those decisions now, and we need to be smart about it. This type of documentary 
episode with the interviews is very new to me. But the reason that I wanted to do it this way is because I wanted all of my listeners to get the best perspective possible on what it's like to be a student right now. Students today have never been more stressed out. They've never been dealing with more. And they're really, really trying to adapt to the situations as they come to them. Understanding what these students are going through, I believe, is really important. From the age of four all the way up to the age of 23 or 24, children all around the world can be in school. And with schools being shut down, classes being moved to virtual venues, and homework seeming to triple overnight, students have it rough right now. So please, if you're able to, put yourself in their shoes and reach out to them. Make sure that they're doing well. And remember that social distancing, while a great practice, can be very detrimental to a lot of students. My school recently decided that they were going to shut down campus for the rest of the semester. Being a second semester senior, this was a huge blow. It's hard to think about my college experience ending on a note that I didn't get to decide and that I didn't play. Going from spring break hanging out with friends and family, and then learning that I would not be returning to campus was really hard to process. But I know that that was the right call. If the cancellation of my semester and the semesters of other students around the world means that we slow down this virus even by a little bit, if we save even a few lives, I think it will have been worth it. So while it's hard to picture not returning to campus and being with my friends for my final two months, I understand that in these situations, it takes sacrifice from each and every single one of us. So please stay safe, make sure you're washing your hands and reach out to students. Or if you're a student, reach out to other students. We are all in this situation together. And when we put our heads together, I know that we can figure it out. Thank you so much for listening to this very special episode of TOTS. I really appreciate it. I hope you thoroughly enjoyed all the stories that the students told, and I hope that it changes your perspective even just a little bit. I want to give a special thanks to my technical producer, Chris Hooper, who spent hours and hours with me editing, making sure that the interviews went well, and just all around being a great producer. So thank you. If you'd like to get in contact with me, please go to my website, www.marketwithben.com. Leave me a message if you love the episode, if you hated it, let me know how you felt. We are going to be releasing new episodes in the coming weeks, and of course, every single week, I will be giving you an update on business news, different technology news, and I'm going to start adding some social media. Those are called Tater Tots. And if you want to listen to those, you can catch those on my website, Anchor, Spotify, and pretty much anywhere where you're going to listen to podcasts. Again, thank you so, so much for listening. If you would like to support TOTS, that would mean the world to me. We're currently looking for a sponsor. If you are a single entity or a single person, uh, you can use my website and become a patron. That's going to help you decide different episodes that I come out with. And you're also going to get some special features built in there. Again, thank you to all of my listeners. I really appreciate you. 
and I hope you have a great and safe week.